0: Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the
1: Year Round Carnival with Vince Ocardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie.
0: G'day, thanks for checking out our Year Round Carnival podcast each and every Monday. Generally, we just review the best racing that was in Australia, but at this time of year, we just thought we'd take a couple of weeks of looking at some of the lessons learned. Last week, we did Melbourne, if you haven't tuned in yet or I urge you to go back and listen to our chat about some of the best racing in Melbourne over the last three months, and now we're going to have a look at Sydney with Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, Vince. Good morning, Ralphie. Wow, what another great day we got in front of us. Absolutely ready to take on the world. And 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 by the way, this Friday, our preview podcast return. We had a little freshen up for two weeks. Sanks stakes in South Australia. That will be a cracking race. A lot of real high quality mares are set for that.
1: It's a it's a great card, Ralphie. I'm sure the boys, including myself, are well and truly
0: tuned into South Australia at the moment. All right. Well, you can get that via racetrackralphy.com.au, via the preview podcast, and all Vince Cardi's work, of course, via dailysexuals.com.au. We're going to kick this off from February, the surround stakes.
2: In secret takes the run to take the lead. Coming home hard again as Ruthless Dame, the outsider. Oh, and through the middle sunshine in Paris. Here's a great four-way go. I'm really not sure.
0: And Vince, Sunshine in Paris won. It was 0.14 of a length officially between Sunshine Paris first, Ruthless Dame second, In Secret third, Zoo Gotcha fourth. Lessons learned from mine, those early Group 1 races, you've got to put trainer's intent into it because what did In Secret and Zoo Gotcha go on to do?
1: Yeah, how true is that, Ralphie? I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense when you look at it from that perspective. About <laughs> You've got to look at trainer's intent. Well, what can I say, Ralphie? Performance-wise, we know the ability is who got you, right? We know it's a very talented horse who's young, on the rise. As far as, like, where is it heading to, that's never easy with a horse like this. Uh, I guess it, it depends on a few factors. Um, oh, geez, I'm looking here at the, at the profile of the horse. Mm. Has it got the potential to get to a, a plus four, plus five range? That's the big question, Ralphie, in terms of like trying to just look forward into the future. This is always one of the key things that we want to try and get clarity over is how well can they go into the future?
0: The trainer goes all right at getting him, uh, mares to improve with age?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, firstly, we, we, should, we should touch on sunshine in Paris, yeah. Ralphie, right? Very, very good horse. Got good good capability. When I sit back and look at this particular runner, hasn't, you know, like done, you know, anything massive. Like if you look at the last five runs, for instance, right, it's gone from 0.6 below all the way back in on the 13th of the 11th, 22, and peaked at Ramwick on the 25th of the 2nd with that plus one. It's been a steady sort of transition, but when I – closely examine this horse, what I'm noticing is this, Ralphie, is it's never been in a race with real speed, like where it's travelled at. It's a horse that looks like it's going to be able to perform over more ground. And I do feel this is a runner that's probably got good upside if it can sort of mature and, you know, go on to that next stage, next campaign. This is probably one horse that
0: I've definitely got a good eye on. So Zugotcha has is, is probably got mild trajectory on it. In secret, of course, after this race went and exploded up the straight at, uh, at Flemington. We? we touched on that last week in secret. And unfortunately, one thing I didn't add, Vince was uh, ridden perfectly by the now late and tragically late uh, Dean Holland in that race. But th- this was a four-way finish, but the, the market actually probably got it right on ability-wise because the market had uh, Zoo gotcha and In Secret as the the, the tight favourites. But That's what I'm saying. On the day that they they didn't peak, they had uh, ambitions ahead. Uh, Where where does uh, Ruthless Dame fit in?
1: Well, its profile is very very similar to Sunshine in Paris. So I guess at this stage you'd have to peg it as a similar type runner. The only, yeah. I just feel that horse is a little bit more one pace than Sunshine in Paris as an example of. I just feel that Sunshine in Paris got slightly better acceleration, so of those two, I don't know. Well, I can't say. Oh well, Ruthless and Dane's not going to not going to improve into the future. That's impossible to sort of um, say that at this stage. But we've just got to wait and see if they take the next step or not.
0: We'll also have a look at the same card, the Chipping Norton Stakes.
2: And the super Animo races to the lead and kicked away from the fan fangirl. And then came laws of indices, but here's group win. Group one win, number eight for the great Animo.
0: And the mighty Animo won. Of course, he's no longer racing now since been retired to stud. Animo, this is one thing I've sort of peeled apart from him by the end having a look at his, his career, Vince. He had always had three really good runs in him, and this was one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, it's, I'm sort of, it's one of these horses, Ralphie. I, I don't really believe we ever got to see the very best of this horse. It's just one of those things. I know if we go and look at its whole history and its profile, it does have a couple of a 6.2 lengths above IVR benchmark and a plus six. Now we've got to go back to that sort of October 21 period. And then, you know, if we, as we creep up and we go into sort of October 22, we, The horse's best performance from an IVR perspective was a plus 5.1, which is fantastic. But when we look at that same day, Ralphie, four lengths above the IVR benchmark, best of the day, I guess you can't do much more than that. A lot of it's racing in the last probably two campaigns. There's never been like an abundance of speed. So maybe that's one of the things that we never really uh, was able to, Truly, see what the capacity of this horse was because many of those races were run, or you know, on the slower side. I would say through that first section, it's hard to run serious time. Plus, we we've, we we know that Animo was a horse that handled the wet very well. It did face a lot of those conditions as well.
0: Just one of those horses, Rolfie, that we never really got to see the best of it. And just underline that, Vince, in the spring of two thousand twenty-one. He did get a high-pressure race, and that was the Caulfield Guineas, and that was his <laughs> – the the outside of that Cox Plate on wet ground, that was his, clearly his best-ever dry track performance, and that was a brutal-pressure Caulfield Guineas.
1: Yeah, and that's when you know the talent horse. I mean, going plus eight through the first section, that was outstanding. And still racing above benchmark between the eight and the four, you you, you know yourself, Ralph, very few racers, or race horses even for that matter, can have the capacity to run high through high pressure through the first two sections, and this is one runner that did do that. And then you look at the last four hundred meters; it still ran benchmark. So yeah, yeah oh, it's it, in some ways I'm sad, but who, who's going to be the replacement horse? That's the question. Yeah, who's gonna going to make us
0: money? Yeah, who's <laughs> going to make us right. money? Well, I reckon there's a mare that's going to make us money if she can avoid wet ground. And that was the second horse there, Fangirl. She's four. I mean, we just touched on Zugotcha as a filly, but uh, you know uh, what she can project to. This horse is going to keep improving as a five and six year old, isn't she?
1: Yeah. Is there any chance it's going to Brisbane
0: or is it? Well, I actually, funny you say that. I just looked up the noms, so, so there's nothing in the noms, but it doesn't mean uh, it won't, won't go to Brisbane. But if it does and we can get clean ground, is, this is a horse that can win Group Ones in Brisbane.
1: Well, it's definitely got the potential Ralphie to yeah. you know soar all the way up to that animo range of near plus 6 range it does have that capacity it's got it's already in that range around plus 5 Ralphie so we know this is definitely one horse that can do that because when you look at some of the other runners in that race let's say like Hunger, for instance you, we've definitely know their levels and fangil genuinely is above that just got to come back next campaign if it's not going to Queensland. And
0: maybe that'll make us some more money. (laughs) Week later, it was the challenge stakes, and they dead set flu.
2: Passive-aggressive running a huge race. Eduardo from passive-aggressive is getting deeper out. Eduardo, passive-aggressive lunges. I
0: think missed. So passive-aggressive got the bob over Eduardo. Just wonder if that was Eduardo's last chance to win a Group 1 race. Uh, But passive-aggressive was put on the speed. Uh, what did we learn from this race? I reckon the starting points, Vince, uh, when the peg money's on and this was the money was on, even though it was third, uh, fourth favourite, indeed, uh, passive-aggressive, it was coming to play. And I want to ask about what we learned about the absolute finishing sprint of Giga Kick in this 1,000-metre race.
1: Uh, well, first of all, passive-aggressive.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know how it won, but like you said, Ralphie, if you're watching the money, obviously... <laughs> You were going to be tuned in. I mean, the, I'm, I still sit back here now and try and understand. First of all, 2.2 lengths above the IVR benchmark. It was the second best performance of the day. I look at the first section. I mean, it's nothing outstanding. I mean, 3.4 lengths below benchmark through the first section. No move in the mid-race, still traveling 2.4 lengths below benchmark. And then that just that huge acceleration over the last 400 gets it victory with a plus 5.3 now i'm not saying was that a fluke right the horse won and it went to a new level and no doubt the team got that spot on but you know, is it going to be able to beat a horse like giga kick in the future is it going to be as good as where giga kicks already gotten to Oh, you know, I'd be uh, hard-pressed to say that would be the answer, but the reality is, just from a trending point of view, perhaps this horse can definitely improve another half length to a length. Like we've seen so many mares, and this is a very lightly raced one, so it's in a good stable. It's quite capable. It was just odd, Ralphie, that it won over the 1,000 metres, and... Well, you've seen what it did after that. Maybe the ground conditions were, you know, badly against the horse at its subsequent start and probably not fair.
0: And then well, we certainly kick. know with big horses, when they peak, you probably have to back off for a run or two because that, that's – yep. and and you just watch the market because I call them a mini – they're like a mini version of my users with the smaller, smaller team. But uh, when they're on point, they're very, very hard to beat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love the way you say that, a mini version of where I used this.
0: <laughs> oh, and that's yeah. a tribute to him. Uh, Giga Kick. So I used to call these media black bookers, the big flash home runner, and you go, oh, we'll burn it next up." But this had real substance to it sprint at the end of the thousand metres.
1: Well, one thing's for sure at this stage, we we definitely don't know what it's fully capable of doing. This is a horse that's still rising. Did we learn enough, like, from where it's heading? What we do know is this. 8.2 lengths below benchmark, first section, 1,000-meter race. It is inside that six lengths, but that's a big head start, Ralphie. That's a huge head start. And then you've got to use enormous acceleration in the mid-race, like this horse did, when the mid-race squeeze was 7.6. And then, when we look at the last 400 meters of the horse, <sighs> 7.7 lengths faster that I mean, that that was just huge, Ralphie. I mean, there was one other runner that you can compare it against. I mean, no, no, I'm not comparing it against in terms of quality, right, that yeah. had a similar mid-race squeeze and could only put a fraction of that uh, performance down over the last 400. In other words, how much it takes out of you, that energy exertion in the mid-race, yep. particularly when it's a short course. There was that uh, sacred Santa, I mean, going seven and a half lengths below benchmark first section, had the biggest mid-race squeeze of the race of 7.9, but was f- almost five lengths inferior over the last 400. And I guess that's a real testament to the class difference and the, the quality of acceleration. It's just so big. And it was good to see the giga kick sort of went all the way up to 1,400 so we get a bit of an insight about where it's headed. And I have no doubt it's going to be an Everest horse, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, that'll be the big target. There's, it may, may have one more run in Queensland, so we'll, uh, we'll check oh, that really? out. Oh, really? Next... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's deep in the what market in one for? of the races. I think it's the BTC the over 1,200. So um, that, uh, it's obviously a tight favourite there in the early markets there. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cover that race if we do it on the preview podcast. Yeah. Speak, your, speak your preview podcast, one race later to this uh, challenge was the Canterbury Stakes, and uh, this was a bit of fun, Vince, because I remember on the preview podcast uh, you said Imperatrix at $2.10, Artorius was $10, and you said these two should be equal favourites.
2: Artorius is bursting home late, Imperatrix in front, Artorius! Wow, Artorius bombed her!
0: And it was the Zach attack, Vince. The Zach attack, (laughs) what an unbelievable ride to get there by a nose. But what did we learn? I reckon it's another reminder. This horse hadn't won for a while, but there were circumstances as to why it was hadn't won for a while. Sometimes the market lets you on, and under those circumstances,
1: yeah, we were very, very fortunate, weren't we, to be let on in terms of price. Not well, I, like everything in life, sometimes you just you do need to have just a little bit of luck on your side. And oh, sure, no, <laughs> yeah. And I guess from my perspective, when I sit back and think about it, the luck came with the rider. Yeah. And the, the, the brilliance of his thinking prowess is about to zigzag through the field, right, and maintain the best opportunity in terms of the lanes. I mean, that's a professional, Ralphie, a dead-set professional who's going to be thinking through those processes. And, and that's when the luck gets taken away in the sense that you've got the best rider, so your chances of victory are dramatically increased. So then the second part of the luck was, the price was stupid, really. For a horse <laughs> that was a genuine mid-fours to high-fours range, I mean, we don't have to go too far back to see when the horse was running 4.7 lengths faster than standard back in October 21. So that was uh, that
0: Corkville guineas we are talking about? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, that just demonstrates, right, that the horse has got a real talent. And yes, whilst it's not, you know, Animo, it's certainly not too far away from Animo. It's definitely in the Fangirl range, right? yep and we, we were we were gifted and yeah like you said maybe because of the fact that it hadn't had victory for
0: some time but maybe um, a lack a respect for the trial but one thing that uh, the way you cover your trials you said no it's trial saying it's coming to play yeah so
1: we don't get those opportunities every, every weekend but when they do come you have to be ready to take them Ralphie
0: so, ironically, uh, the the runner up was ridden by James McDonald, who's going to ride Artorius when he goes to Royal Ascot for his farewell. So that uh, it, he's hardly going to lose much, Zach Purden to James McDonald there. But Imperatrice was was just beaten. She's a really nice mare, and she went on and won the uh, William Reid uh, at the end of the spring. Where do you think she projects to uh, with her Kiwi profile? Well, I felt that she
1: had made her trip to Australia already in peak form. So it was going to be very hard for this horse to find new levels. So I actually felt that this horse did you know, very, very good in terms of um, how it handled itself, particularly in the William Reed. And even in this race, Raffi, I mean, it was, well, I guess it had victory, right? But I, I can't say it was better than Artorius in the sense that, you know, Artorias did give it a head start and beat it, right? But from Imperich's point of view, if we see this horse coming back down to Australia in the future, I am confident this horse has got a big chance of elevating another one or two lengths, and we may get to see this horse really evolve. If it stays where it is, it's going to be somewhere in between A grade and B grade horse. It's not going to be able to win races like a Cox Plate, let's
0: just say. Yes. Yeah, he just <laughs> keep your lid on things,
1: Vince. Yeah, well, you got to keep it real because the hype on the horse was huge. Yes. And we you know, We just sit back and we have a look at the field and, and the competition around it, but I, I'm ignoring a bit of that because I did feel the horse was coming at its top. So let's see. Let's see if this horse can make the big step because that's what they're talking, right? To make that sort of elevation, we, we need to see three, four lengths improvement. Let's see.
0: One race later, the Zack attack continued.
2: Communist races up. Communist hits the lead in the round with guineas and is broken clear. And it's a Zack Burton grip on double.
0: And Communist won the round with guineas, Vince. What did we learn from this race? I reckon what we learned was the fourth horse, Cabin. He ain't a miler. He's a sprinter. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Sometimes young horses, they do, it
1: is good to test them, right, over different distances, but they're not always ready, and AF cabin was showing some of those signs because the way the horse relaxes, you, you, I could understand why they have a crack at longer distances, right? Yep. But skeletally, you know, in terms of their structure, they might not be ready yet. So I didn't want to completely dismiss it. And why I say that is this, Ralph, because when you look at the breakdown of the race of AF cabin on that day, 8.7 lengths below benchmark through the first section, Fantastic mid-race move, or point eight above, was what, nine and a half lengths mid-race squeeze. And then you just look at that last 400 minutes, it was virtually bench- benchmark. It was the same as the winner, Ralphie. So I don't want to just side note it and say no. Or does that mean communists might not be as good as, you know... It might be expected to be by because it won that race. Because he won that race I'm, at six. Yeah.
0: yeah, I was just going to say he was sixteen dollars. So he really surprised the market, but he backed it up next up with another good run when beaten yep. only length by Animo. So, what is he projecting as an older horse? Do you think?
1: Well, we come back to it and have a look at it and say, all right. Point one, he made that huge leap then and went to three point five above at Rose Hill on the eighteenth and the third. Yep. And I look at the breakdown of the race. The difference there was. Yeah, the, the, it, it had the big acceleration, Like, it made m- massive improvement, right, from one run to, to the other. And maybe it was that conditioning run the start before that allowed this horse to make the next step. I could see that the campaign's over from that point of view. Well, I, I, I do really feel the horse needs dry ground. And, you know, yeah, let's, just hope Sydney's the, like, the Doncaster. let's just hope Sydney doesn't become like Tasmania, always <laughs> wet. Right? That's
0: possible, right? <laughs> no doubt. Hey, and Lindemann, uh, God bless it, won the Rose Hill Guineas at his next start at, at uh, Hugh John's. Um, conversely, has he got a real nice staying profile as an older horse?
1: Oh, doesn't he have a great profile? Yeah. Well, it's still lightly raced, but it, there's That's a lot I of have. quality around that horse. A lot of quality, Ralphie. I know they, they probably have similar feelings about maybe who knows where they're going to go. I don't know. They're looking at cox plates in that as well.
0: Well, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, they, they, won, they won the Caulfield Cup last year with, with a, a ruffie there, uh, Durston, who uh, was an import, of course, with a different profile, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Caulfield Cup-type uh, horse for Chris Waller.
1: Right. Well, right now, I, I, that was a bit of a fast race when it won over longer distance. 100% solid miler on dry ground right. for sure. 100% Ralphie, solid. Because you know this horse has got plenty of sustained speed Like, and it can do it early. It, it's demonstrated that, right? Yep. Over the longer staying distance, I don't know yet. We have to wait and see. But definitely at this early stage, like I'm looking at this horse when it comes back, that hopefully uh, Mr Waller is targeting a race like a mile in the early, even if it is destined to run beyond that for me to really get excited about wanting to back it. Of course, subject to the day and the horses around it. But at 2,000 metres and beyond right now, you know, like I, I still want to wait and
0: see. All right, well, then we got to the Coolmore Classic at, uh, at Rose Hill a week later on the 11th of, uh, of March. And, uh, well, talk about it a brutal race. This was Brutality.
2: SBR to the fence. From Pride of Jenny and She's a Belter. Three of them in it now. Espiona, She's a Belter. Pride of Jenny. Espiona wins the Group
0: 1. Vince, it was a three-way finish. Uh, it was an amazing race to watch, and it was set up by Pride of Jenny. And uh, a few horses uh, would have slept well after this race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder
1: whatever happened
0: after that. Well, the pride of Jenny, where, where, there was an, I don't know if they've concluded that inquiry into its last uh, run, but uh, that was that was a whole other story. But what you always said about winner Espiona here, it was a three-way uh, bob yep. of the head, but what you always said about Espiona, give this horse a chance on clean ground, and she got it. Yeah. And, and I feel this is a, a slightly underrated horse
1: in the sense that there's been many a times it's turned up and it's been short and it hasn't delivered, so they've sort of, look more sideways with the horse. Yep. The, you, you said it, Ralphie, the ground conditions is the big factor here. Get the clean ground and we can see what this horse is really capable of. And the victory that it produced on that day, have a look at it. I mean, 7.3 lengths you know, above the benchmark through the first section, 4.2 lengths above between the eight and the four, a slowdown between the four and the two with three point two lengths and then rebounded with a point four above. That's clearly a horse that's still got upward trend Ralphie. And there it is, overall three point nine. So I have a lot of confidence. Is, is this horse going to Queensland?
0: Oh, I, I think it might, get, considering it's since had a barrier trial. So I mean, they'd only do that if they're going to keep it ticky over for racing. So if we can keep that uh, bit of luck with the weather in uh, Queensland, uh, th- this can be a horse to follow with a bit of confidence.
1: Well, exactly, because like everything, we do want to see, uh, you know, which horses are coming from Sydney that are going to Queensland because they can be really good money makers for it. But Espiona, there's no way we've seen the best of this horse yet, and absolute proof was off that last start run, you know, when it raced against the pride of Jenny. I mean, that was huge in terms of the performance, Ralph. It really was. I mean, you have a look at, there was, I, I know slightly slower grade, uh, not you know, like she's a belt. I don't really mark her in the same grade as Espiona. But when I look at those two horses' profile and just see where they were in very similar positions coming to the 800, then looking at what the variance is between the two horses and just sort of franking that is a superior horse. And even though the IVR table on the day only has them about 0.4 above, But when you look at the micro splits, Ralphie, and you look at those individual breakdowns between the six and the four and the four and the two, I look at my graph and say, okay, there's at least one length upside on Espiona, at least. And that means we're getting into that plus five range. And at that range, I mean, unless you're going to bump into, say, a horse like Private Eye, in a, you know, in the big race up there over 1350, Barring that horse there, or maybe even that horse wouldn't matter. Oh, no, that, that horse really...
0: didn't turn up on Sunday, yeah. so yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Well, I'm sitting back here saying, Well, oh, actually, you know, funny about that. Maybe that's trainer's intent. You're teaching me something, Rolfie. <laughs> so that's interesting, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Stradbroke yeah, to come, or so the, all the I, other races yeah. to come, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I'm sure it's going to be targeting the same race of the year before. That's so, it. <laughs> yeah, so my, my view is this, that SB owners are definitely up to that level. And could this be the, you know, the real emergence of a high-class mayor
0: next campaign? All right, could be a Stradbroke type horse. Yep. A week later, um, there was a big margin win, and it, uh, it was Dubai Honour. We were asking, was it real, watching it? Well, it ended up being real. Let's have a list of the concluding stages. But is William
2: Hacker going to do it again? Dubai honor's three lengths clear. Last year's winner, been monophilia. Can't get there, and Dubai Honour, ha! <laughs> Can't handle a dry track.
0: Look at him go. on a rip cleaner win by five leagues. Vince Ryan Moore didn't get on the plane for no reason and William Haggis didn't put him on the plane for no reason. Yeah, is he staying in Australia? No, he ran yesterday in Hong Kong, so he was beaten oh, there. So, oh, yeah, they oh, uh, they Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, on the way back, they took him there. But what did we learn out of uh, Dubai? on him, both in the Ranvet and, uh, of course, his subsequent win in the uh, grand final in the Queen Elizabeth?
1: Yeah, bring him back for the cox plate.
0: <laughs> nice and easy.
1: <laughs> well, uh, seriously. I mean, yeah. uh, probably a bridge too far to go and have a crack at Hong Kong on the way through because the horse is such a lightly raced horse and got so much potential. And he's, he's a genius, this trainer, isn't he? He is. He's a genius. Tri
0: crate in Australia is unbelievable.
1: And you have a look to get the 5.9 off 11 and a half lengths below benchmark first section, 2,000 metres. That's not easy to do, Ralphie. That is yeah. absolutely, I mean, it's just not. And then I look at, you know, you want to look at how much the horse improvement. improved. I mean, if you go back and look at in all the way back in December 21, there was a benchmark horse, Rolfie. And you look at how much this horse has elevated. And when I see that sort of structure, 5.1, 6.9 last two sections, goodness me, go four lengths faster through the first section, high pressure race anything's possible. And then, you know, then you look at the last run, right, on the 8th of the 4th. I mean, forget about it, Ralph. 27.3 lengths
0: below benchmark. Right? How are you <laughs> going to run time there? It's not possible. <laughs> it is not possible. It was golden slipper day. Uh, later on, Shinzo won the big race for Chris Waller.
2: Cylinder, Shinzo, and right down the outside with a big run late is m Paper coming home, Hard Kings gambit. But Shinzo and Ryan Moore had drawn clear to win the golden
0: slipper. And Vince, what have we learned? Well, quick back up. Uh, be very careful underestimating uh, Grand Final trainer. <laughs> yeah,
1: very true. And this is a horse, Ralphie, that I I had a bit of a feel for the horse right from the trials that this was going to be a real quality horse. Yeah. It just does it come do things come too early, which they can for two year olds because they're always race to race proposition. But goodness me, two point six lengths above, what a huge step up, right? In performance and just getting the the horse to the peak. I mean, I can't believe how Waller does it. Like 1.8 first up below benchmark at its debut run, then goes three lengths below at the subsequent run over 1,200 meters. Stays there, right? Not really doing anything, uh, you know, fantastic. The only difference we can see is you can start to see leading into the the main race. Ralphie was the four. The 2.1 lengths below benchmark on the 11th of the 3rd, going 4.6 below through the first section, 0.1 below between the 8 and the 4, and then 1.6 above. That was the first sign that this horse was coming to a, a potential peak. But what was that peak going to be? I mean, we know 2.6 above is sort of blue diamond level. Yep. It's not what we traditionally can tap into from a golden slipper point of view. I mean, on the you know, if we're talking about the real high level golden slippers, they are, you know, a four links or higher. So it's one a race where you probably didn't have to try and test itself to that level. But this is an evolving horse, Ralphie, and there's no chance we've seen the best of this horse yet.
0: I just wonder that uh, Giga Kick won it last year as a three-year-old. Chris Waller won it with yes, yes, yes as a three-year-old in the Everest. I just wonder. Uh, I'm not talking about what, what his ability level is. I'm just wondering if uh, Chris Waller's thinking, "Yep, let's let's uh, let's see if he can get to Everest level in the spring."
1: Get To Everest level, yeah. What he okay, Well, he's well, got to find
0: four lengths realistically,
1: Ralph. I mean, you've got to. Right. I wish I win and. Yeah, Never yeah, kick a, kick yeah. Kick even Gigi kick kick. Kick's got to find more, right? I mean, they, yep. they're all got to find more. And the, and if we're just looking at ba- baseline where they're going, Yeah, I, I, let's just see, you know, why I'm not good enough <laughs> or smart enough right now to know that Shinzo's going to find four.
0: No, there's your challenge, Mr. Waller. Uh, a race later, uh, well, there's, he hasn't got the same size table that he is to, to a master trader. Joseph Pride won the galaxy,
2: Maria, Clear, Uncommon James clear now. Maria Mirror in front from Uncommon James Cannonball. And Maria Mia wins the group one galaxy.
0: Vincent was Maria Mia at ten dollars and uh, he, he goes right with these recruits. Uh Joe Pride, uh, he got Eduardo as an older horse and, and had a fantastic uh, what three years with Eduardo and Maria Mia. Similar situation. Mooney Valley about three years ago. Our head roll off and one by seven lengths. Like, What's this? And she didn't quite go on with it. But with with uh, Joe Pride now, she's she's produced sustained brilliant speed in uh, in races, emerging through the summer and won the grand final on Galaxy Day.
1: Yeah, definitely a dry track, fantastic horse, and has really franked itself at a level that's uh, above four, like four lengths above the IVR benchmark to four point five. It's already. Definitely we can rub a stand and some versatility. Not easy because 1,100 metres, 1,000 metres, they're very specialist distances, Ralph. And it's not hard. I mean, sorry, it's not easy for a horse to be able to demonstrate that same type of quality that they can at 1,200, at 1,100. It's very difficult to do. But this horse, oh, it's a bit, of, a bit of a heartbreak horse for me, Ralph, because <laughs> I could... Yeah, because I'm being selfish, but I just felt this was a horse that I really wanted to make some good money out of and really didn't believe that I <laughs> I personally capitalized in the right way because I, I wasn't sure if the horse was capable of you know, being able to repeat that over a different distance, but it, it's proven that to me now. And if, if Joseph Pry can keep this horse sound into the future and we see this horse turn up, I don't know, next preparation.
0: Well, she's going then, to Queensland. I mean, she, oh, she, she's oh, had a Barrett trial. Yeah, she's had a Barrett trial since, so oh, she'll be going to Queensland. Goodness me.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to sit back and watch and see uh, where they put her.
0: <laughs> where we can make some money.
1: Hopefully. Yes, yes, because dry ground, we know, loves yep. it. And yep. if you turn up well and you feel good, then Joseph Pride. He's – that's another thing that's been important to me from a learning point of view. And I'm not saying that I never didn't respect a person like Joseph Pride, but he's definitely, on a personal level, proven to me that this trainer is as good as any other trainer on the planet, particularly in setting horses up and their capability over the shorter courses have been phenomenal and finding more like out of a horse, get him to
2: yeah. really
0: go to the next level, not just Eduardo, but now this horse. Yep, another one with recruits. Uh, yep. Another trainer who had a big autumn was uh, Bjorn Baker. He won the Quokka, the big money race at uh, in Perth, but he also won the Tankard. Arapaho
2: moved up to King a Arapaho, King Frankel. Monofilia stretching late. Arapaho just in front and Arapaho won the tankred just...
0: It was for our mate, Scott Vids, Arapahoe. surprise the market. We're scratching our heads afterwards. How was he able to run a PB? Well, I suppose he's, he's an import, and he didn't get, like many horses, even though he handles wet ground, he didn't get many opportunities to, to find dry ground, but he did in the, in the tankard.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that performance, 3.1 above Ralphie, I sit back and say, okay, what are the chances of you being able to repeat that? But when you break down the race... And you have a look at what it did. Everything was like on point. 10.8 lengths below benchmark, probably slightly uh, softer than ideal. But the mid-race move definitely didn't go missing. And this is one thing this horse has always demonstrated. (laughs) It's got huge capacity in the mid-race. And a number of times it hasn't gotten victory is because their positioning in running and when they've had to accelerate, I don't think has been the match because the horses always have to do far too much work in the mid-race and therefore there's nothing at the end. But on this day, they got they got it right, Ralphie. They got it right on point. And then you look at the last 800 metres, 4.9 lengths above between the 8 and the 4, 3.3 lengths over the, above the last 400. That's excellent sustained speed, Ralphie, and a runner that um, is a lot better in terms of... Um, its capability than perhaps where it might sit on the totem pole. This is this is this. I don't know. Are they going to maybe look at horse? Uh, you know, where would you go? Would you be? Well, looking I suppose at Caulfield the Caulfield
0: Cups? Cup. Caulfield yep, Cup Yeah. its grand final.
1: Yeah, if you can get dry ground. Well, they where are they going to run the Caulfield Cup? Is it back at Caulfield or are we still yes. going as yep, Sandy? back
0: at Caulfield? Oh, yep. thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's RDO finishes in August, so we all good race to be back at Caulfield, and uh, can't wait for that for sure. Let's uh, let's finish off with the uh, with the real cream, the TJ Smith. And Vince, I wish I win. Beat Giga Kick. It was a fantastic sprint. And uh, look, we can all be Monday's experts, including us at times. But it, I'll, yep. if I'm very proud of one thing I, we wrote up was uh, after the new market, I wish I win. This was our summary on our Sizzlers, our Black Book product. Elevated from his brilliant oh, – sorry, 4.1 links above benchmark when he ran third in the new market. We, we were confident on the day. What did we learn out of the new market? Well, let me read the breakdown. Elevated from his brilliant 3.2 in the Lightning – but the brutal and sustained early speed here blunted his strength of, a phenomenal, of phenomenal closing speed. Here, plus point two lengths above benchmark of the 800, yet nearly six lengths from the lead, and then produced a huge mid race to 6.4, which is one length, 0.8 lengths more than winner In Secret. The last 400 saw him gas out with 0.9, understandably so. Won the Golden Eagle with 5.4, while his last 800 winning at Sandown last September was combined, eight links above, benchmark on fast speed. We maintain our call. He's an elite talent. And at $10, he won the ETJ. Yeah,
1: he's an elite talent, all right. And and so is Mr. Moody. (laughs) (laughs) He's an elite talent talent as well, isn't
0: he? Absolutely.
1: Especially the way he targets. I mean, I wasn't really sure whether he could do that. Just because when I looked at that run from 1,000 up to 1,200 metres, I mean, that day I felt really confident. But then when I said, okay, coming back again, 1,200, but he got on the plane, went
0: there, right? <laughs> that's a, you, now, for those who haven't picked it up, you reckon this is a new gear change. Never mind Blinker's first time. Does the trainer get on the plane?
1: Yeah, well, you want to go to Bjorn? He got on the train, I, I, on the plane. He went there. I, that's yeah, right. To Western yeah, Australia. Yeah,
0: James Cummings, yeah, when yeah. they get on the plane.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I heard he was there, I go, oh, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting, what are you doing here? I know you've got your horse, but you're not just coming just to have have a lolly and just have a look. you're coming here because you think you feel you can win and obviously, but when is when I heard that Ralphie, yeah, I go, yeah, yeah, okay, gotta give some respect and and his performance you know there's no way that's his best run five point two above there's no way I mean I look at the breakdown. 8.8 lengths below benchmark. If you compare that with the five previous runs, you can't go any slower, Ralphie, right? And no way can you put in huge moves like it did in that ground condition. So we learn a few things. Number one, the horse is quite capable on wet ground. I that was at the first the thing we
0: looked... That was his first real goal on wet ground, yeah?
1: Yep. Oh, yep. well... In terms of, a, of that condition, it had performed on some uh, – given the ground, but not to this level, Rolf. Yes. Years. I mean, yep. a genuine, you know, I would say S7 HA range, right? Yeah. And to go 9.7, so you now know if Sydney turns into Tasmania <laughs> – this is where the Y's, we're talking, right? Yep. Then you know it's not going to matter. And what did Mr. Moody learn? That's what scares me. That's what scares me the most. Is what did he learn? Because no matter what he did on this test pilot, he's only going to get it better next time round. Particularly if the horse stays sound. So, how much upside has this horse got? Well, firstly, there's no way I believe twelve hundred is his best distance. And yet,
0: well, that's the interesting part about the Australian racing calendar because there's only one race he'll be targeting in the spring. Yeah, that's fine. Yep.
1: I don't know. And, uh, yeah, well, it's not really fine <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> my because you want to make money. Well, that's the thing, and and that, that, you know, like we know, it's going to be racing out other horse that we'd like to be with. But the reality is this: this horse has got super versatility, and I'm not going to sit back here and say, "I wonder." You know, it'd be great. Yeah, Ralph, you should you should bring Mister Moody and ask him. Do, do you feel he can get? A, a cox plate maybe if this year he he go you know next he goes and gets the everest can he consider the cox plate because i think this horse is definitely a miler and could possibly even be better over longer ground because the capability of this horse is huge Ralphie.
0: yeah yeah but right now it.
1: You know, he's he's a star, and I don't know. We're going to get a horse that's going to turn up from somewhere else. There's not many horses around the world that are capable of going better than plus six on a sprint on, you know, over 1,200 meters. Most of them are in that sort of 1.54 range. So I don't know if we're going to see anybody from anywhere else be able to emerge and surprise
0: us. All right, no, no doubt, kicker, kick, a kick and, and him will be uh, dueling over over the uh, over the sprint. Journeys, and let's hope they have a similar rivalry to Nature Trip and Eduardo. They've been so much fun to fun to watch over the journey. Like I said, we're going to do the preview podcast this Friday of, uh, of to Stakes Day, and our members, I always send our members best of the day, but because uh, we've got a different format this week, I'm going to send them best two of the day, and that'll be from the three venues in uh, in Melbourne, uh, Sydney, and South Australia. So we've now got South Australian Sizzlers for five weeks. If you want to see the best horse in South Australia, the best way to get it is via our Sizzlers, the Black Book product, find many winners, and also Vince's IVR reports. All of Vince Cardy's work via daily, dailysectionals.com.au and mine via racetrackrelvy.com.au. Thanks for listening to the Year Round Carnival.